you're, we can't like, we have to save the good stuff for the podcast. <laughs> See, that's why I'm just the associate. Right. That's why you let me lead and, and you answer questions. Perfect. Um, okay. So we're doing the, the podcast. It's been a really long time. Well, this is what happens when there's a tournament, a tournament, a two week break, a one week break, a tournament. Yeah. You know, it's hard to get a lot of rhythm. For sure. Well, so before we get into it, let's start with some for the ladies housekeeping items. If you're new to this, welcome back to the mixed bag podcast with Abby Liebenthal and Justin Cruz, where we talk about the news of what's going on in women's professional and amateur golf, more on the competitive side of, of things. Um, so for our for the ladies housekeeping items, so our events for April through June are live on for the ladies.net. I think we have like 17 events or something like it's got out of control. So, uh, we are going up and down the East coast, a little bit of the Midwest, and I would love to see you at an event. So check it out, check out all of our events at for the ladies.net. Um, something we're adding though, as a virtual event on April 27th is a poker 101 class. Um, there are a lot of skills that I feel like we learn playing golf, whether that's strategy, patience, mindset, confidence, and those are things that you can learn in poker too. Um, so we have partnered with poker power, which is an organization that introduces women to poker. So think about it as the, for the ladies of poker, and we're excited to team up to do a virtual class. It's going to only be like 10 bucks a person. Um, so I would love to see y'all there. Um, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, you know, personal golf game news. So Justin's going to Scotland. Have you picked up a golf club? I played two weeks ago in a nine hole, all par three charity scramble. And it was probably 27 degrees out. That sounds miserable. We did shoot seven under for nine holes and tied for first though. Okay. So you feel ready to take on Scotland. Since then I've played six holes last Wednesday where I left my 58 degree wedge and someone stole it. So I'm either going to have to order a new one. And this one had been used like four times or I'm going to have to use my old one. I haven't yet decided what I'm going to do. So that's the status of my update. I stink. I don't play and I'm losing golf clubs like a child. Okay. Well, you know, there's a long season. I feel like it like officially starts this week. Right. Exactly. You, what about you your start, golf game? It's fine. Um, I've played quite a bit, you know, we had the Lily and so I tried to practice before that at Pinehurst and then I've played a few times. I played in February in Scottsdale. Um, I've played Southern Pines. I've played course eight a few times. My dad came to town and we played a few holes. I've like played pretty sporadically. I've played fine. Oh, I played Charleston Municipal, uh, which was a really fun track. The We teamed up with the Fried Egg for a just like weekend event where they had their event going on. We had some women participate from For the Ladies. And then on top of that, we hosted an introduction to golf clinic. But uh, the course is really fun. It is Seth Rayner inspired. So for those who don't know who that is, he's a golf course architect and Charleston Municipal was recently renovated to kind of help with things like drainage because they get really bad storms in Charleston. Um, so it was fun. 
I feel like I, you know, I just like play fine. I play to like my handicap. Like if I don't practice, like I'm not going to get any better. So I kind of am just like very complacent. <laughs> now, I'm getting worse. Uh, I haven't posted a score in our posting period, which just started three days ago. Yeah. Posted, I think four scores for the year on a trip in February. So. Oh, now I'm curious. Is not going up? I can't play to my handicap. And when I go to Scotland to play in this event, I will do poor to quite poor, but yeah. I'm excited. It's was supposed to originally be in 2020. And then, you know, obviously we know why that didn't happen. So it's been pushed all the way back to 2022 and we'll see. Okay. So I've entered like six scores, but I've played like the cradle a few times. I feel like I've played more than my handicap says. Um, you should, according to the United States Golf Association, you should post all scores, nine holes and 18 scores. I'm not sure about a par three score, but. No, the, you can enter your scores on the cradle. I just like, don't keep score when I'm out there. Cause I just like, it's just a hot mess. <laughs> well, that's a story for another day. I've never yeah. been down there, but I'll be down there the first weekend in June. Yeah, can't wait for our U.S. Women's Open live show. Um, so let's just recap. It's been a really long time. Um, the last event that we covered was the LPGA Drive-On. So we've got a few things to connect on. Um, I think before we even get into it, on March 13th, Nellie Corda shared on social media that she was diagnosed with a blood clot. So we have not seen her in, a, in an event since. Um, so just wanted to bring that up because we won't really be talking about her. And uh, there's a big reason for that. Very sad. Yeah. Very yeah. Sad news. I hope for her health, she's fine. But for the game of golf as a whole, for women's golf as a whole, for the LPGA, very, very sad news for American golf. Totally. Hopefully this is something that gets resolved soon, but now she's missed a few events and missed a major championship and, you know, the U S women's open is just two months away. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the next event on the schedule after the drive-on in which Leona McGuire won, uh, we had the HSBC Women's World Championship at Sentosa Golf Club in Singapore. Uh, not surprisingly, Jin Young Ko was the champion. It was her 13th LPGA Tour title. Um, she had more consecutive rounds at the 60s, like was just continuing the streak. Right. I think we could almost rinse and repeat some of our previous commentaries and just plug yeah. them in from the fall. Jin right. Young Ko shot four rounds in the 60s. Jin Young Ko won an event with a good field. <laughs> and, you know, rinse and repeat. She's a great player, a great champion. I don't know what more we can really add. I know. Yeah. The time difference. There was a lot of coverage on Golf Channel, but with the time difference, it's starting late at night and kind of ending into the, the wee hours of the morning. On, on the East Coast. So I was able to watch a little bit of it, but I don't have any grandiose statements on the golf course, the event. It's a it's a worthy champion as we've described and her hot streak continued. So are you gonna give it a rating or are we not gonna give it a rating? I don't think it's fair to give a rating to an event when I just really didn't watch that much of it to be perfectly okay. frank because of the time change. That's fine. We got a lot of other things to discuss. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So next up was the Honda LPGA Thailand at Siam country club. Nana courts Madsen won. It was her first LPGA tour win. Um, any, any commentary? 
from you. I mean, I thought, I remember at the end of last year as Solheim Cup um, teams were being formed, she was like a very high contender, obviously ended up playing, but um, I just remember hearing her name a lot, especially toward the end of the last season. Yeah, she contended at the Women's British Open at Carnoustie, had kind of an unfortunate 18th hole when she was in contention and then played in the the Solheim Cup, but great to she, see. she just went like one, one, and one, I think, at Solheim. Like, yeah. not spectacular. No, she was involved in the unfortunate ruling with Madeline Sagstrom and Nellie mm. Corda on number 13, where uh, Madeline threw the ball back to oh, Nellie. The official deemed that it was, you know, a good putt because it hadn't fully stopped, even though we all know it wasn't going in. So that was, I think she was kind of an ancillary piece to yeah. that that maybe people forget with Nelly and Madeline but you know great to see you know a European player win someone that emerged on the Solheim Cup team carried that momentum and that's something we'll get to later she struggled a little bit down the stretch and then won in a playoff but she's on a roll and again we'll get to that a little bit with the next tournament but a good champion it's great for women's golf to have champions from diverse places uh, have a Dane win a tournament, win a, a limited field event. I think it just boosts things, you know, moving forward, whether that's Solheim Cup, her personal world ranking, growing in the game. There's a lot of positives to be taken from Nana winning uh, an event. Right. And so at the next week's event, um, the JTBC Classic presented by Barbasol is at Aviera Golf Club back in the United States in Carlsbad. Uh, she was the 36 hole leader, Nana. Is that right? And 54 and all, all the yeah. way down to the, stood on the 72nd tee with the lead. Yeah. So we had Ataya Thitical. It was also her first win. A lot of first time winners within the last few weeks. Um, Jin Young Co's streak of rounds in the sixties ended rounds under par ended. Um, but yeah let's talk about it let's talk about nana yeah i mean i thought it says a lot i know there's a week off coming back from kind of the mini asian swing but she had the the tournament didn't have her best stuff on sunday hung in there and Taya won and what 19 years old was you know one of the best players if not the best player on the let last year i believe she was my pick before we did this for rookie of the year i know was she I know you keep very judicious notes, but I believe she was my pick for rookie of the year. So I'm definitely in a poll position on that one, but a lot of good names to see that played well in this event. Um, you know, Charlie Hall played well, NB Park played well, Lilia Vu, um, who I know is one of your favorites played well. Yeah. Uh, so good to get an event back stateside uh, and a very, very diverse, deserving champion and just continues the trend of winners getting younger and younger. And there's not a lot of growing pains right now. You come out and you get on yeah. the LPGA tour and there's a lot of people that are prepared and ready to win right away. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and you know, I think the biggest reason we're here today is to recap the Chevron and the Anwa. So might as well get into it. Um, I did, I looked at my predictions and for the Chevron, I had Nellie Corda. So, mm -hmm. um, that was unfortunate. Do you remember who you selected for Chevron? 
Oh, gosh, I'm sure I could probably find it since you did steal all my picks. If you just bear with me, I can search my wonderful emails that I sent to you. <laughs> and, and I can go back check out your can check out your your red notes. Check out my red notes and and <laughs> see if I can find who did it. This is good radio right here. I know. Well, in the meantime, uh, you look for that. I'll, I'll provide the quick recap that we had another first time champion in Jennifer cup show, uh, with the new purse with Chevron coming on cup show took home $750,000. Um, did you find it? No, <laughs> it was the last, uh, championship at mission Hills, dinosaur course. Um, obviously very emotional for many reasons and felt like golf channel did a really nice job of, um, you know, honoring the championships 51 year history, um, and, and some other, you know, things too, that, that were the, that we'll get to about the final performance at that course. Um, but there's a lot to talk about. I mean, Jennifer cup show had just won, um, three times ago, the Augusta national women's amateur that, that happens during this week. So a lot of parallels were being made, but, but very, you know, noteworthy ones, you know, it was, a it was, she, you know, is only, she's really young and coming off of winning such a, um, renowned event, such as the ANWA, like, you know, I felt like it really did kind of confirm that that champion is, does create, you know, the next stars, just as a lot of the women's amateur top amateur events do. Um, but it was certainly validating. I felt like for that championship as well. Yeah. It was an interesting kind of merging. So many things going on. Stories and merging of events. Yes. Combined with some of the things that Christina Kim said, some of the things that were written maybe derogatory towards Augusta National in regards to, you know, them starting ANWA and how that related to maybe leading to some of the, I don't want to say demise, because that's not the right word, but maybe the moving of the former Dinosaur ANA, now Chevron away from Mission Hills, to see someone that's stardom burst and grew so dramatically similar to Maria Fossey from this Anwa tournament you know Jennifer played phenomenal was probably the best American at the Solheim Cup but she's hovered right around 50th in the world but yet her name and her, her position in golf far exceeds that position only because of Anwa similar to Maria Fossey who we've talked about has struggled since turning pro but the average golfer remembers her and knows who she is because of this event. Yeah. And and I mean, with Jennifer, she was also the 2018 NCAA women's division one champion. And so I think without Anwa, that would obviously be, you know, in regards to the amateur, her amateur career, like that would have been the highlight. So it's interesting to see how, I mean, it's just, it's Augusta national and that's what people remember. You know, unfortunately for what's going on, you know, around the event, you know, from the the Mission Hills and the the Chevron perspective, I mean, if you put 10 handicaps playing Augusta on national television, people would tune in and watch, Mm -hmm. let alone when you put the best young players in a super diverse international field with, you know, high school players, collegiate players, it draws a lot of attention. And we'll talk more about Anwa later. I mean, Anwa is not perfect. It, 
it's no. not without its faults. But in terms of you know Mission Hills, again, we talked about this last year. It, it, it's a very divisive topic. You can't take away the history, but I think people that are maybe newer to the LPGA or are just starting to become fans. And I think we would largely fit into that category. Totally. To us, we look at where the KPMG Women's PGA Championship is going, where the Women's British Open is going, where the USGA is taking the US Women's Open with the sponsorships they've secured, the dollars they've secured, and the venues those courses have secured. Those three majors far elevated themselves amongst the five majors. Evian's always been last and will be last. Evian doesn't feel like a major. It's at the end of the year. The course is odd, but it, it you know, fine. It's the fifth. Fits where it fits, yeah. But, right, the, 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 the Palm Springs Desert Mission Hills Dinosaur event was sliding far more towards Evian than towards Sure. You know, the other events. I mean, yeah. the, the Women's British Open is at Muirfield this year. Right. It's one of the five best golf courses year in and year out ranked in the world. Right. And then you have Mission and Hills. It, which Mission is just Hills tough. is in tremendous condition. It looks great on TV. But yeah. I heard from another podcast and we talked about this today. I've watched that tournament for probably over a decade. And besides the 18th hole, there's not a lot of memorable holes or memorable shots there. Right. Now the weather's always great. Again, the golf course is in tremendous condition and it has tremendous history. But well, I yeah. think it things evolve and and that's okay. Right. Chevron yeah. is stepping up. You're getting a Fortune 500 company to support women's golf. They're going to raise the heck out of the purse and we'll see what comes of the venue what comes of the fan support, you know, Bethany Nichols, who I think is probably the foremost writer and commentator when it comes to women's golf mm -hmm. has admitted that crowds were dwindling and support was dwindling at mission Hills. Yeah. I don't mean to rein you back in, but I would love to quickly talk about just like cup show, how she would, um, if we could certainly talk more about right all of this, this but just have to rein me back in. I know more tangents. <laughs> I love it's a good tangent, awesome. I mean, but Jen like did her best stuff on Sunday. Yeah. But she hung on. Um, right. I thought Patty T looked like she was ready to make a charge and she just couldn't make a putt. Right. She and Jennifer couldn't. at the end, like, I was like, this could go anywhere. Cause right. she, she was missing like big moments, but she, so she entered the final round with a six shot lead. Right. Yes. right? Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like I'm like talking myself out of it. And she only ended up winning by two in the end. You know, Jessica Corda certainly made a charge, um, not a huge one, but it was just playing well. Um, she had back spasms during the final round, which obviously didn't help, but still only finishing two strokes back. It was coming down to the end, which I right. really enjoy. Like, Somebody tweeted back at me, well, like, well, I'm rooting for Jennifer. I'm like, so am I, but like, I'm also rooting for the sport and I'm rooting for the competition. Right. And I like when it's close, you don't want people to turn it off because they see that, oh, she's winning by six. So I thought it was a great way to end the championship. Um, you know, there were, there were certainly others. It was fun to watch Patty, like try to get in. Um, 
And then, you know, there, there were other great moments. Pia Babnik was the youngest player in the field. She is a professional, but she is only 18. She's from Slovenia. Uh, she still has a year and a half of high school left, but she finished third. I think she got like $350,000 paycheck for the week. So like that doesn't stink. Um, if she, if this Pia gets into the top 75 in the Rolex ranking, she will get into the women's open. So, um, and she's not far off. I think it was like, she's like top 100 or top 130. So, um, I'm, I'm like very curious about her. I need to do some, like some more research, but she's, she's so young. She's super tall and thin. Um, and I was just like, who is this person? Tall and thin, two things you and I are not. <laughs> no. So I was just like, who is this person? Should we have her on the podcast? Yeah. Um, but I, it was good. I thought it was good golf. You know, I think, I, you know, this is just me watching from a television set. I wasn't there, um, but I found it very enjoyable. I think the commentary on the LPGA is always very good. There were moments where Jessica and her caddy were talking to each other, like deliberating about the shot she was going to hit, I think on 18. Um, and Terry and Judy just like let, and, um, and all, you know, the entire group, um, of analysts just like let them talk and they didn't speak over them. So we got to hear those conversations. The audio was super good. So it was just like little things like that, where I was like, this is cool. Does it feel like the first major of the year? I don't know, but it, it was, it was good. No, I agree. I mean, Jen early kind of middle of the back nine looked like she might be letting it slip away. Then yeah. hits the shot to the foot. Jessica misses about a six footer and all of a sudden it went from two back up to four. So it kind of lost some momentum, but yeah, the dialogue between Jessica and her caddy on 18, where she hits a great drive. Yeah. The approach shots a little under the wind and she's debating between a seven wood and a three wood. And she kind of says the seven wood's going to balloon into the wind and not get there. And the three wood will never stop on the green. And it was very interesting, as you said, just to listen to a player of that skill, a shot that they could pull off, but knew there was no way for them to get the result they wanted. Hitting three wood wouldn't allow her to make eagle and hitting seven wood never would have gotten the job done. And I think that's good advice for average players like ourselves that, you know, maybe you can get there from 230 yards, but if you don't perfectly execute, or even if you do perfectly execute and it doesn't work, where does that end up versus she hit a 125 yard shot and left herself just under 90 yards? Yeah. Right. And no, I think that it was really enlightening. It speaks a lot just to what makes professionals so good is their thought process because Definitely. if he's in that moment to grab a three wood or grab a seven wood and try to kill it, it balloons into the air and you make six. Mm-hmm. And, and she no still got a big payday too. So like, right. yeah, it's worth right. it at that point. Um, right. Well, good. I mean, any other thoughts on the play? I was just going to move into like kind of the topic that you wanted to talk on a tangent about. <laughs> I mean, we can, I, I said <laughs> something real quick about the coverage. Jerry Foltz, Grant Boone, Tom Abbott. They're so good. We've met a lot of those people. Uh, I mean, Judy Rankin, I thought the send off to her at the end with Terry Gannon nice. was very emotional and yeah. very well done. And Judy Rankin's been involved in the golf media for pretty much as long as I can remember, starting out with 
ABC and moving into kind of the featured commentary role as the voice of the LPGA. And she's a great ambassador. And it was a fitting way as a former champion at Mission Hills for her to kind of take her primary exit from that seat. And it'll be yeah. interesting who they replace her with, if it's Karen Stupples or someone else that they, uh, they fill her yeah. in. I was sure. reading an article and it was saying Morgan. So I was like, oh, oh. so I, I don't. Great too. Yeah. So I, I don't know. And, and we'll continue to see. The thing I like about the things that I had always enjoyed about Judy's presence in the broadcast is that she is acting as a journalist still. Like she isn't acting as a organizational mouthpiece. She right. would say how she felt about certain situations, whether it was pace of play, whether it was Hall of Fame and getting people into the Hall of Fame. She she shared her true opinions. And I really respect that because a lot of, you know, a lot of the media and the organizations become closer and closer. And it's nice to have that journalistic integrity still. So I really respect her. Incredibly and classy. I mean, so I know I'm like, I really just aspire to be like her. I don't know. I just, I was really impressed. Her words, what she says, the way she carries herself, her dress. So purposeful. Her is incredibly classy. One thing we didn't say real quick about Cub Show that I did think was kind of a neat add-on is her yeah. husband, who also yeah. caddies on tour, coming back out <laughs> to watch. And I did think once he first got there, that's when she kind of took her initial kind of downturn. And then she yeah. rallied that but she probably realized like oh oh like this is it like I'm, I'm winning a major and maybe right. panicked a little right but I did enjoy you, you and I had mentioned the uh the interview kind of with him <laughs> during the final round not I mean as a caddy as a spouse of a player in contention like you said I don't think we've ever seen anything like that in golf in that context yeah it was interesting the caddy element like that's what gives me like a pass. I think if it was just like a grid, you know, a husband who is like a banker and he's like, how do you feel about this? I'd be like, what are we doing here? Right. <laughs> but, but that like, it worked out fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. We wouldn't see that on the PGA tour. No, I don't think so. No. Again, <laughs> coverage is great. I like, I do like how they do some early, morning coverage like on I Thursday, like that Friday, yeah and then you have it in prime time yeah I think that works you get a little sense of how the early groups are playing you come back and it's on in the evening as someone that lives in the eastern time zone I love any golf I that's love on it. later in the day yeah yeah so no I, I thought and really but well. I will be curious so for the future the venue is moving it will move to a course in Houston I think somebody said it was rumored to go to golf club of Houston yeah, I don't know. And then it will be getting a new spot on the calendar because of all of this, like between it being right before the Masters. Now you have the Augusta National Women's Amateur that it's competing with. And this was an event that welcomed so many amateur players. So maybe it can get back to what it was with with some changes in the schedule. Also getting it on NBC. This was all on Golf Channel. And as Mike Wan has said, when he was LPGA commissioner, like being on the network is so critical um, so I think all in all, like very exciting changes for this championship, obviously, like we all respect the history and it's sad to see things like it's bittersweet to see things change, but it's a good thing. And something I was thinking about as we move into talking about Anwa, so many of the younger players are going like, it's not going to be 
the same, what they're going to remember growing up is playing in the Augusta National Women's Amateur. It's not going to be, oh, well, I didn't get to play in the Chevron. Whereas like for a period of time, those players from, you know, 2018 to 2021, there was that like awkwardness of having to figure out what you were going to do. And now moving forward, it's just like, they're just going to get the opportunity to play. Um, And I think that's a good thing. Right. And you eliminate, like you said, the awkwardness and you just have the event. People know Anna Davis won. Does anyone know who the low amateur was at Chevron? Right. That's unfortunate. They should, but it just, it, it, it comes out in the wash. And then also, and we laughed about this, but I mean, drive chip and putt is great. It's so fun. I mean, the <laughs> I interviews mean, are awesome. The, the little girl that said, I can't wait to tell the boys at school that I'm good at golf. Like, oh yeah. Those are amazing moments. And the stories about the parents and the little girl that was adopted. And There's just, just too many golf. stories in one weekend when you have a right. major going on. Yeah. Like it's emotional. Like you watch Anwa, you watch Anna Davis, you then transition into watching the full mooring of drive, chip and putt, which is just an emotional roller coaster. You find yourself rooting for a 10 year old kid because his mother's <laughs> that you have no connection to. Right. So it's just a great human interest story that at the end of the day, the the first major of the year for the the LPGA probably is best served just getting away from this and then not to mention Tiger Woods out of nowhere decides he's going to fly up and play a practice round (laughs) right everything on Twitter is Tiger hit 30 balls Tiger hugged Billy Horschel Tiger (laughs) play and at the same time while Tiger is playing and is he going to play is he not going to play you have this great American young player winning a career defining event for the last time at Mission Hills, who coincidentally, as we said, won the event at Augusta. And it kind of gets, it, it gets eliminated from the news cycle before it even happens. And that's right. really unfortunate. Yeah. We, it, there's no need for another women's event to get lost in the shuffle. So like, right. let's just figure it out. Um, and I think that's what they're going to do. So I'm excited about that. Um, Mm -hmm. what would you rate the final Chevron championship at Mission Hills? Sure. So great champion, major champion, uh, major championship, historic venue, um, had moments of drama, but wasn't overly compelling. So I I was thinking kind of a, a low, you know, we're trying to be more judicious with our rating. So I think in that 8.3, 8.2 rating, it was a good event. Very excited for Jennifer Cup show. Super excited for American women's golf. But there was just so much else going on, good and bad, that, you know, the golf news cycle is short as it is. And I just felt like, unfortunately, th- this should be a much bigger story with Jennifer winning than it is. And it just kind of gets lost a little bit. Totally. But that's okay. All right. Onward and forward. Positive. Onward. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on to the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Um, Anna Davis won. Um, Latana Stone struggled in the end. Um, yeah. But I, so a few things before we get into it. So I was at the fried egg event during this, so I did not watch a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But what I will say, which I thought was really cool, which again, speaks to 
putting women's golf events on big, amazing venues. Um, every guy who was coming in through the bar, like to get lunch or get a drink or whatever, would look up at the TV to like see what was going on. Like they knew it was going on. They knew that they would want to check it out when they came in. And that just speaks to, you know, the pull that that golf course and that tournament has. Right. The mystique, the pull. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anna Davis was super cool. I don't think anyone knew who she was. She didn't have a incredible resume as some young players do. She won the PGA junior championship yep. last year and that kind of got her in, but 16 years old from California in a windbreaker and a bucket hat. I mean, I mean swagger cool. and yeah, a lot of swagger. Right. Um, just seemed very like calm. Great. Yeah. Calm, cool, collected. She did win the 2022 ping Heather Farr classic, which is a big AJGA event. Um, she, I was reading something that the, the USGA golf journal put out about her and, uh, she, you know, I think it's very similar to what a lot of these golfers say is when you win one big event, your confidence boost, just, it helps, it helps you move onward. Um, and that happened to Jensen castle too, when she won the U S women's amateur, like she, her confidence, you can just see it. And now she is like starring in a lot of like the content that's out there. Um, and she had a great curse cup. She did. And so, you know, I would say the disappoint disappointments, if you can even say that would certainly be like Rosang. It would have been great if Amelia Miliacho, um, had made the cut this year again, since she came so close last year, but obviously it was a pleasure to hear her in the booth. Um, and I, I just think that's a, a really exciting storyline to continue to follow. Um, but let's hear it. What, what were you, what are your thoughts on the first two rounds? I mean, they had tons of weather issues that is played at champions retreat, not at Augusta, at Augusta national, only the final round is so. Right. What'd you think? I mean, I'll try to make this short and sweet. I mean, like we said, Anne was awesome, but Anne was also not perfect. Sure. Um, I think it'd be nice to maybe have two rounds instead of one round at Augusta National. Um, the cut to 30, and it's a hard cut at 30, seems like a little much. You're having a playoff after two rounds of champions to, just, to eliminate two or three players from getting to play at Augusta national. Then there's a Friday break where they all play a yeah. practice round. But again, you're, you're putting a women's amateur event on national television with Mike Tirico, who's one of the preeminent voices in all of sports, Right? does the NFL, does the Olympics. And he is the lead commentator on a women's amateur golf tournament. So all those things that it does in creating opportunities for NIL deals for some yeah. of these girls going into college, an opportunity for these players to cash in financially, those are all tremendously positive. What I'd like to see another round at Augusta, sure, but I'm old enough to remember when I was a kid when they didn't show the front nine at the Masters, and now... They show we get every shot. <laughs> they have the best online content going. So much like we've talked about earlier as a theme of things evolve, things change. Maybe Anwa evolves, Anwa changes. Um, but yeah. the the timing leading right into the Masters, right into drive, chip, and putt. You've got PGA Tour players and past champions 
on site on that Saturday. It works crowd, out tremendously. The crowd seemed to be fairly significant too. Yeah. There seemed to be a good number of people there. It, it's a home run. Is it perfect? Did it maybe indirectly or directly hurt, you know, the former ANA dinosaur? Probably. Did it create right. some odd situations where amateurs didn't know, should I go play in a women's major or should I go try to win the Augusta National Women's Amateur? I think there's just the positives at the end of the day outweigh the negatives because of yeah. the television, the exposure, putting it on that golf course. As I joked earlier, people would watch anybody play that golf course five days before the Masters. Right. And to get 30 young women out there competing in those conditions with the television and the way it's produced, it's produced like the Masters. It really it's is there's beautifully no done. Right. There's no commercials. There's yes. no fluff. It is produced to the same standard and quality of the biggest men's major championship in the world. Yeah. Meg Atkins from the Friday did a really nice piece on like what they should do to evolve the champ the event. And so I, you know, uh, frankly, a lot of what I'm about to say does come from that, but I, I feel the same way. So check that out on the Um, But what I, you know, can we have all three rounds at Augusta National? Like I, with the place with that many resources, like they're going to be able to get the course back into mint shape. Um, can we have, then you don't have that awkward pause of the practice round on Friday, have the practice round at the beginning of the week, you play your three rounds of golf, move on. Can we have it be the top 30 in ties? Like no other tournament or championship like has a playoff for a final spot like that, like not in that way. It's not like, it's not like this entire event is a match play event. Right, not so a bracket. Right? Yeah. So it's just, there, there are things that if I were running the event and there were no other factors at play, get all, you know, run the entire thing at Augusta, have the top 30 in ties. Um, maybe it's even four rounds of golf instead of three there, there you know, there's certain things. And, and like you said, I think that they will continue to evolve it, but, uh, just want to get it out there that, the, you know, those are the things that I would certainly want. <laughs> One of those you want more and more and more oh yeah much and then get shut down i mean think about if you had told someone hey we're going to have a five five years ago we're going to be having a debate that you know there needs to be a women's amateur tournament at augusta and it needs to be more and you're like right well i can't believe it's anything let alone right. that it needs to be more but that doesn't mean we should ever stop pushing for more. So. I agree. <laughs> but like I said, it's not perfect. It's great for a lot of reasons. And yeah. it's fun to watch. Yeah, it's so fun to watch. And these women are so good at golf. <laughs> like, they're so good. Anna Davis is like queen of cool. Um, I'm very excited to see how this jumpstarts her, the rest of her career. Um I don't even know where she's going to school. Who knows? She probably hasn't even thought that hard into it. I guess. But yeah. If you're only 16, but yeah. Just to put a bow around a couple of these little yeah. things too. Like Yuka Sasso played in the first one and I think finished third. Gosh, that's crazy. Right. Like these players get so good so fast, you know, yeah. Ingrid 
from LSU. I'm going to butcher her last name, so I'm going to pass on it. You know, Lindblad very, or whatever. Yeah, Lindblad. She played yeah. very well. Two of them in a row could have won two and didn't. She could easily be playing in LPJ Tour events in the fall and playing well. Yeah. So there's a lot of positives. And I thought one thing that was interesting is they brought up that someone dropped a, a weight on Rosang's foot and she kind of hurt her oh. foot in December and says that's maybe was one of the reasons she hasn't played as well here in the spring. I didn't realize that. That's crazy. I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying it was sabotaged by a teammate, but that's a good team. And if you want, if you were the sixth player at Stanford, you want to get in the lineup. <laughs> oh, sorry, Rose, I dropped a weight. Oh now my I'm- God. Uh, well, let's get, I figured we should give this thing a rating. What's your rating? It's hard. I mean, it's probably more compelling than the Chevron, even though the Chevron's a woman's major. I know that just sounds crazy Yeah. from the coverage, the atmosphere, how close it was at the end. A lot of players, Rachel Keen goes out and plays great. Looks like maybe she'll post a score and win. I think this is an 8.5 event. It's just okay. really good. Great. It's not perfect. It's not without faults. Continue to push for more, but it's really good. Yeah, definitely. All right. We have our miscellaneous topics section to wrap up odds the pod. Yes. Odds and ends. Um, so something I know like you and I talked about yesterday, but just strong play recently by Solheim cup players. Um, I saw Stacey Lewis tweeted like congratulations to Jennifer cup show and then tagged at Solheim cup USA. So, um, same thing goes for Nana. Um, but didn't know if you had any other thoughts there. It's crazy. I mean, since that event, Celine Boudier won an LPJ event. Nana wins an LPGA event. Georgia Hall wins an LET event. Jennifer Cupshow wins a major. Leona. I mean, I tried to say that, you know, personal bias aside. But were they mostly all European team players except from Jennifer? Since then, yeah. I mean, yeah. But I think that's good too, especially just because Danielle. Well, Danielle Kang, yeah, she's off to a great start and leading the CME or was. I think it's just all good for growing the game, creating kind of these natural rivalries and synergy within the Solheim Cup and continuing to see that event grow mm-hmm. by some of these European players winning and contending on the LPJ Tour and players like Charlie Hall playing well. You start to build momentum that now more fans know these players' names, similar to what you have on the men's side where everybody knows both players and that's how the event really takes off. So I think that event, and we know we're biased, was a, a huge success, but it's produced in the last six months since then or five months since then some really good play from players on both sides. And I think that's really good to see. Yeah. Speaking of Solheim, Stacy chose Morgan Pressel as one of her assistant captains. Um, Morgan being in the booth week after week, it's probably going to be a, a good one for, for Stacy to have. Um, just being able to have somebody who's literally already dedicated to watching every single round anyway. Um, so thought it made sense. Yeah. Good choice. And with 23 going back to 24 to get off a of Ryder cup cycles. They're going to probably do it back to back. I don't know if that's officially agreed upon, but that seems to I make no idea. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine you do it for, in, you know, 2023 and not stick around to do it 2024 back in the United States. Right. Right. 
Um, and then another one I had was that Lorena Ochoa is now in the women's golf hall of fame. Crazy that she wasn't, but that is because there was originally a 10 year playing minimum that blocked her from receiving this honor. She was only on tour for seven years. So, um, crazy, but glad that the LPGA has made right on that one. You summed it up the best. It's crazy to think about. There's plenty yeah. of players in other sports. Gail Sayers was a great Chicago Bears running back, played for six years. If you're a Hall of Famer for six years, five years, four, if you came out for four years and won nine majors and 10 other events and said, you know what, I'm done. Right. That's not a Hall of Fame career. I mean, Brooks Kepka and Jordan Spieth on the men's side are probably Hall of Famers and they can play for 10 or 15 more years and they don't have have to really ever do anything just based on the majors they've won right so right. i think and also to some of the founding members of the lpga that were not in right. there also got in and that was good to see too so yeah some of the little wrongs can be righted but yeah you're right it's no. funny to think about lorraine ochoa who was so dominant even for 27 wins <laughs> yeah I mean, right. i'm sorry I'm sorry you're going to have to wait outside. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just absurd. Crazy. Yeah. Just, so that I'm glad that was worked out. Um, and then I think that's really all I had, but I'm like, maybe we should go, we should talk a little bit about what's coming. Right. Yeah. We've got some good, we've got some, uh, <laughs> some we have things coming up <laughs> coming down the pike. Uh, we've got an event. There's a Hope week off. Yes, there is nothing this week. Yes. Then we've got a couple events that I like. The Hawaii event that Lydia won last year is a good event. But it's and at then, a new golf course. Oh, it is? Yeah. Well, we'll see if it's still a good event. But then <laughs> one of my favorite events is the LA Open at Wilshire Country Club. That's yep. a really good golf course. Brooke Henderson won last year. Uh, neat venue. Neat golf course right in Los Angeles. Uh, one of the better golf courses the LPJ goes to, and that's a really good event. So we're starting to get away from so many weeks off, which is positive. Right. And hopefully yes. we get a little bit more momentum, a little bit more momentum going forward. Yes, I think maybe I messed that up. I know that the LPGA did some sort of like deal. If you bought tickets to one LA event, you got tickets to the other one. And I think like concepts like that are really good. Um, you know, it keeps people coming back. It's also like, you know, a good value. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I'm glad that we have some, we have like a full suite of events, um, back to back coming yeah, up. It's a, good, it's a good push of events heading towards the, the women's open. You have the Hawaii event, two events in LA, an event in New Jersey, a week off, and then Shadow Creek in Vegas for the uh, the match play, and then Pine Needles. So yeah, it'll be here before we know it. I know. I can't wait. It's um, gonna be so. It definitely will. Um. Well, good. Cool. Well, have a great trip to Scotland. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we probably won't talk until after that, and. I'll talk about all the lost balls and how cold it was and Great. the pints I had to drink to recoup from my terrible 86s that I'll shoot. You just have such a tough life. Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Shooting 86 in Scotland is better than going to work every day. I 
would say so. Well, enjoy watching the Masters this week. It is, you know, it is the the milestone that many who love golf and those who don't tune in every week, you know, right. start of the golf season. So An official start of the golf season, especially That's here right. in the Midwest. Yeah. Well, All right. One. Thanks, Abby. You too. Thanks. Thanks.